Welcome to the inaugural episode of my podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Ms. Kresman, the manager of the Daily Grind in Marietta, Georgia. So, Ms. Kresman, back in the spring of 2019, I interviewed you for my essay on minimum wage, so thank you for talking to me again. Of course. Okay, so would you like to tell us a little about Daily Grind and your experience here? Yeah, so Daily Grind is a little coffee house that we started back in 2006. Um, I was a kid when I started working here. I was like 11. <laughs> I was working with my, my parents because they opened it. Um, and it really has grown to be something more than we thought. Uh, it's not just like a little coffee shop anymore. It is still just a little mom and pop, but it's really grown to be um, very busy. And um, we've done very well, and we're very like just blessed to be able to say that's very rare in this industry so um and it's not because of us it's it's you know it, it's it's for a lot of reasons but um yeah. but uh yeah it's, it's just a cute little it's very dependent on our community and dependent on the the economy everything kind of you know it's a small business so it's it just like any other small business it's rocky and mm-hmm. very um touchy <laughs> it's very touchy <laughs> So, the general gist of my podcast is to investigate forces that are holding back progress, especially in America. So, I wanted to address some possible forces. Okay. And feel free to add some of your own that you've noticed in your time working here. Okay. So, some people are demanding a $15 per hour minimum wage, saying Mm -hmm. that it would ensure fair payment for the little man. Mm -hmm. As the manager of a business, how do you feel about the statement? Um, it depends on the little man you're talking about. So... In a perfect world, if you could say, you know, I'll pay you $15 an hour to do this job, whatever it is, whether it's worth the $15 an hour or not, is not really the question that's being asked. But, you know, it it would be great if someone said, hey, I'll pay you $15 an hour. Of course, everybody would love, most people would love, that if somebody would pay them that amount of money to do a, you know, starting job. Sounds great, except... If you can imagine, you know, in the morning here, just for example, I've got like nine people working at one time. Mm-hmm. Right now, I pay them $8 an hour. That's where they start. They, they make tips and things like that, and we do raises, but let's say for kicks that everyone makes exactly $8 an hour, just for example. Would they prefer to make 15 Sure. But I only have so much money in my pocket. And so if someone would prefer that I pay them $15 an hour, I could do that. But they're going to have to do their friend's job as well. So now, not only do you have, you know, you have nine people working for $8 an hour, or I can have four, or maybe five, but I'd be pushing it, making $15 an hour. Now the people who are working, they're really stressed, and they hate their job because they're doing the job of multiple people, admittedly. But I can't help that. I can't, can't, you know, pull people out of my pocket. And the other people who aren't working anymore were laid off, and they're also not happy. Mm-hmm. So you might have more money, but you're going to be really unhappy because you've got a lot of work that you've got to do. If, if I could just make the money grow on trees and pay that person more money, then, like, I'd love that. But I only have so much in my pocket. So I think it sounds great in theory that it would help the, the little man, but I think it's really going to hurt them. 50% of them are going to be, you know, financially happier Maybe, I mean, that's another debate, but they'd be making more money mm-hmm. on a per paycheck, but they'd be doing so much work, they'd be so stressed. Mm-hmm. The other 50% of the little man, little men are going to be laid off and, you know, making $8 less than they would have in the first place. 
Um, but then that starts the whole debate of whether or not even making that, if you were to be making that more money, are you going to have more money? Because everything's going to cost more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My other option is to keep those people, raise all my prices, so then everything's going to, I mean, astronomically raise my prices, so mm-hmm. then now, you know what I'm saying? You'd end up spending more money anyways. And right now, at the minimum wage we're at, do you tend to hire minimum wage employees? Um, I, yeah, sort of, kind of. I don't, I don't raise people at 725. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't hire people at 725, um, but I hire them at 8. Mm-hmm. So, not exactly, but close. Okay, so like, but employees yeah. who have very little job experience, as long mm-hmm. as they seem capable, you're mm-hmm. willing to hire them usually. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, we, we hire... I mean, people who have never had a job or people who have been working in coffee for a long time just depends on the person, but um, but still, regardless, we start everybody at eight, yeah. And how would such a raise, I think, just to reiterate, such a raise in the minimum wage, how would that affect your ability to hire people and provide services for all your customers? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it would really, it would cut my staff in half mm-hmm. to start with. Right now I have, like, thir- just over 30 employees, and I'd be having to run with 15. I mean, or, or I could have those people, and they work one day a week. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, you have your options, but you only have some, the only thing I don't have the choice of is how much money I have in my pocket. Yeah. So, it's how I spend it. You know, I can either give it to everybody, or I can give it to, like, a couple. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? When you have, when you take that group of nine people, which that's a one shift, I'm talking about one shift in the morning. You've got nine people working. If you're going to cut, you know, take those half of the people away because I can't pay them anymore because their paychecks go into the people who wanted the $15 an hour, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whoever got the 15 they're making both. Half of the other people are gone. Or the other, other half is gone. So now my customers are waiting forever mm-hmm. because your barista is also your front counter and your, your drive through person is also your kitchen person and your baker is also your floater, you know, because you can't possibly... You can't have all those people yeah. at that price. So it would affect your your prices would astronomically raise. Your service would get really terrible because everyone's just way stretched too thin. Mm-hmm. Your your atmosphere is going to shift to be really negative because everyone's having a terrible time, yeah. <laughs> including your customers. No one's going to have – you might have, be happy when you get your paycheck, but you're going to be having a miserable time doing your job, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, one thing that I've heard business owners mention are, like, the hoops that you have to jump through at the start of a business and Mm -hmm. to uphold your business Mm -hmm. and keep it running. Yeah. How much of your time do you normally spend dealing with, like, regulation, bureaucracies, and government paperwork? (laughs) Um, so much. That's, like, most of my job, being a general manager, and Mm -hmm. it takes up so much time that I feel like I can't even focus on other things that matter, like, you know, just... There's so many things that you don't think about that, like, need to be paid attention to, especially after you've been in a business this long, you know, that, you know, it's been plenty of time that it's time your equipment's starting to get old and needs different upkeep than it used to need or, you know, things that you want to change. Should we add this menu item or should we make this better? How can I improve? It's like, I don't have time to think about how I can improve when I'm spending all my time on E-Verify, mm-hmm. trying to, like, verify all of my employees that they're, you know what I mean? There are things like that. And hoops you have to jump through on a regular basis that just take up so much time that, you know, you spend your full-time job, you know, just running, like, you know, you feel like you're underwater, but you still can't even get to the parts of your job that you really care about, like improving or, you know, improving your sales and things like that. Yeah, so all this time that you could spend, you know, making this place even better and Mm -hmm. taking care of your customers Mm -hmm. and your employees, you instead have to spend 
jumping through these hoops and yeah. watching out for all this stuff that the government's inflicted upon me. Exactly. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so, have y'all, y'all don't have a second location, do y'all? No, okay. we don't. Have y'all ever, like, considered, you know, opening to another location? Yeah, um, we have considered it, um, but there are certain things, like, that you're, that we've discussed that stand in the way of that, um, you know, and, and so, I mean, you know, you could, you can always take the risk and open another location, but especially right now with there being, like, a labor shortage, mm-hmm. and nobody really wants to work right now, um, if I can't, you know, pay the people here, you yeah. know, to, to do it, you know what I'm saying, if I have a whole second location that I have to find enough people to staff the second location and then comes the paperwork and all the stuff that we just talked about doubled because yeah. <laughs> I have to do it for a whole other store um, so we have thought about it and there there would be perks to it but also I think part of this business is just the the um, it's special when it's it's unique it's one mm-hmm. thing there's only one yeah. you know would so. you say government like regulation has a big um, yeah. effect on that decision? Yes. Yeah, I would say that, it, yes, um, there are definitely other things that affect that decision, yeah. for sure, but it's, it, that's sort of like the final cherry on top. It's like, ooh, this would be really hard, and it has all these uh, hoops, that are not hoops, but um, there are so many other hurdles to, mm-hmm. you know, opening the second location, plus I'd have to deal with all these other government regulations and, you know, things like that that make it harder. So, another thing that is often considered is, like, you know, FDA watching out for, like, health regulations, making sure everything's passed and yeah. regulated by the government. Yeah. Free market advocates argue that the free market will ensure that the food is of sufficient quality and not hazardous to health. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, they argue that branding forces the providers of food to be conscientious about what they're putting out there for their customers. Mm-hmm. If there were, like, absolutely zero government health inspectors... How would that affect the way you prepare your products? Interesting. Um, you know, I think, uh, it's so funny, like, health inspecting is sort of, it's split down the middle. There's a lot of it that, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of it that's really important, you know, I think, like, obviously there needs to be regulations and rules on what you're serving people. I do think there is something to be said about, you know, this is my brand, I don't want people getting sick off Mm -hmm. of my food. You know what I mean? That's on its own a natural, like problem for your business but it is also fair to think like there are people out there that don't care about their business the way that especially small businesses do Mm -hmm. like this is my business I'm in here running this place as hard as I can I'm going to put everything I have into it so I'm going to make sure that no one's getting sick on my food health inspector Mm -hmm. or not but like somebody that's just working at like a local grocery store or whatever or whoever works for you know I'm saying somebody working at the bottom of the chain this the little man you know that you like how you said they may not care as much for their, you know, minimum wage. They not, may not care at minimum wage to take care of it in the same way. So I do think there is something to be said for a health inspector coming in and keeping track of that stuff for you to a degree. But there's a whole other half of um, health, health inspecting. I don't know if it's a health inspecting, but it's there's a whole other half of it that just uh, puts a lot of rules in place that... Uh, are not really helpful, um, and they just end up costing you money. There isn't really a lot of um, some of it. There isn't even logic to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, we have you know we're baristas, so we have a bunch of milk, 
And mm-hmm. so it needs to stay at the right temperature, of course. So we have a refrigerator that's just below the barista machine. You can pull out the milk when you need it, put it right back so it doesn't, you know, warm up at all. But our health inspector, at one point, asked us to take the milk out and put it on the counter in a bucket of ice instead of putting it in the refrigerator. Which just felt like, okay, now I run the risk of this ice melting when we're busy and, you know, somebody doesn't pay attention. Now I'm, I'm leaving it up to the person who's, you know, making the minimum wage to, to care enough to keep up with that, where otherwise I could just keep it in the refrigerator that keeps it at the correct temperature. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, okay, this is trying to help me. It's with good intention, but this feels a lot more likely that someone's going to get sick mm-hmm. if I leave my milk on the counter yeah. than in the refrigerator. So you know they, what I mean? Yeah, so they wanted you to keep the milk, like, where people can see it? Or what was the reason yeah. for having it out? Um, because she said that if we're opening the fridge a lot and it cools down, I mean, I'm sorry, that it heats up at all, okay. that it would prevent the milk that you're using from heating up. Yeah. Well, Which I understand, but still yeah. the milk, if that were to happen, like if your refrigerator really heats up, yeah. you know, which that would be terrible, you'd throw mm-hmm. everything away. But let's say, for instance, because that was the example she had, that that happens, all of your milk in there, just heat it up and then you're going to take it out and put it on the counter in a bucket of ice after it already got warm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't really fix the problem. Like you just need the refrigerator to be cold in the first place. Yeah. So I, it was just sort of, it's, I mean, you know, I don't know. It's just things like that, that it's like, it's well intended. It's always well intended. Mm-hmm. I think that like government regulation is well intended, but there are a lot of things that you're like, what? Like it just doesn't quite click with logic. It's like, why wouldn't you just keep it in the refrigerator and keep it cold? That way I know for sure, because I know the temperature in the refrigerator at all times, that this milk is good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It seems more likely that the milk is going to spoil on the counter. Left out on the bucket on the counter (laughs) than being kept in a fridge that... Have y'all ever had problems with your fridge? No. (laughs) No. And that fridge, I mean, even... Yeah. I mean, it's just, we have multiple and we have not had any issues. So it's like things like that, you know, and you can have issues. That's why you have to be really, really careful. Yeah. But... It, I can't know the temperature of the bucket. Yeah. And at the same time, like, vigilance, not, it's not only brought on by knowing that a health inspector would come, but also, you don't want to have a bad rep with your customers. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. that's where your brand comes in, that you want this to be good because I want my customers to have a great experience. Yeah. And because I care about people, I don't want to get somebody <laughs> sick, you know? Yeah. But not everybody has the same heart in their business. That they, some people are, like... I would imagine, I'm, I'm assuming there are people in this world running a business who just don't care the same. Mm-hmm. And so I do understand having a health inspector, so you know for sure. But also there are things that, you know, you get docked for things that you're, like, confused about why mm-hmm. you got docked on that. Or they could say, one year they'll tell you, this is how I want you to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you, you know, whatever, whatever the situation, whatever, you know, part on the inspection you're talking about. This is how I want you to keep your, you know, sanitizer or whatever. I'm just using an example. The next year they'll come back and be like, you're doing it the way they told you last year, and then they'll dock you on that and tell you you should be doing it differently. So, because you get a different health inspector every three years. So they could come in and just have a different, I mean, it's not supposed to be up to their opinion, but it's not really consistent. So then you'll end up getting docked for things, you know what I mean, that you, like, thought you were doing for a good reason Mm -hmm. because you were told by the health inspector to do them that way. But it's bizarre how often things like that happen. So I, sorry, I feel like I'm, this is long-winded, but there there are just two sides of it, you know what I mean? (laughs) And so I thought you knew that's kind of come into play with the... 
Sorry. It's okay. Something that, new that's come into the play with the whole thing about health inspecting is, yeah. but two years ago, COVID, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with the onset of COVID, there have been lots of new COVID restrictions placed upon businesses. Yeah. How did COVID restrictions affect your ability to provide for your customers and employees? Oh, it was bizarre. Um, for a while, we were closed on the inside, but luckily we have a drive-through, yeah. so that helped us. We did start up um, Uber Eats and DoorDash, so that we could, um, excuse me, we could reach customers that you know don't feel comfortable coming in, or you know for whatever reason they don't want to come here, go to the drive-through or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that di- it did affect us that we were closed on the inside. I would say the the biggest thing though, in, in, in this area, people were a lot less afraid, so we weren't running into really the only, sorry, I'm thinking about it, really the biggest issues that we had on the customer side was people were more upset by the regulations Mm. than they were about COVID. I think that's just because of the area that we're in. Yeah. But as far as the employee side goes, the biggest issue was, you know, if one person gets sick, even if it's not COVID, Mm. you know, then every, it just instilled a fear that Mm -hmm. everybody's now scared and they don't want to come to work. Which, of course, you know, I'm not going to be like, well, you have to. It's yeah. like, if, you, if you're, first of all, if you don't feel good, I don't want you here anyways. So that takes a whole, you know what I mean? Yeah. If one person doesn't feel good, everyone's afraid. You know, everyone's scared that they might have it. And of course, we would send out all the, you know, regulated, you, you know, you should go get tested or whatever, you know, depending on what the regulation is. And then from there, you know, we would have to adjust. And some people would, even if they test negative, they don't feel comfortable coming in anyways. So then you end up having that, like, less and less people to work. Yeah. Um, so then you have more service because you only have half a staff or, you know, because it doesn't take much for one person to get sick. Again, even if it's not COVID, scares everybody. Now a whole bunch of people don't want to come. Yeah. So that was sort of, and that's okay. If people are afraid, it's like, that's fine. I'm not going to force you. Yeah. But that that's probably what affected us most was just the fear. Yeah. yeah. And in your opinion, how should we balance the needs of small businesses and concern about things like COVID? Hmm. I think it depends on the business. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on just the, you know, what type of business you're in. In the business that we're in, um, you know, we're a business of convenience. Coffee is a convenience. It's like a vending machine. You know, you just want to be like the friendliest vending machine on the block. Mm-hmm. But everyone has a latte. So, you know what I'm saying? It's not like people have to come here. They're choosing to come here. So you have to be of a convenience. Um, I think, you know, keeping personally, I keep, I think keeping regulations low so that business owners can choose what they think is best for them, for their employees, for their, you know, customers, their area, um, is ideal because, you know, for us, it was never required that customers, it was never like a regulation that customers have to wear a mask in here. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't force it. You know, if people feel more comfortable, they're always a- allowed to do that, of course. And we also opened up DoorDash and Uber Eats for those people as well so that you could reach people if they felt uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But if people were going to be frustrated by the regulations, that they still would come in here and sit down and hang out and not have to have a mask on. And that helped us keep kind of everybody happy. And, um, I, I, personally, I think that's the best way to go. Not that you shouldn't write, you know, force masks. That's completely up to you. If, if your customers and your employees feel more comfortable with putting more regulation on, then I think that's what's best. But as far as, 
you know, government regulation, if they leave it up to the business owner to choose the best thing, you know, then you have a much more likely chance of making more people happy, mm-hmm. being able to step outside of your comfort zone and reach the people who do feel uncomfortable. And you can go above and beyond to make them feel uncomfortable. Uh, sorry. <laughs> you can go above and beyond to make them feel comfortable yeah. um, in that instance. Where when there are regulations, if people feel uncomfortable with the regulations, there's nothing you can do. And your business just suffers. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you mentioned... Like, masks, you know, uh, you weren't required, they weren't required to wear masks inside. Uh, what if the government had some kind of mandate that said, if you're inside a business, you must wear a mask? How do you think that would have affected business? Um, we would have had a lot less people in here because, um, and that's why I say it depends on the business. Mm-hmm. For us, again, you don't have to come get a latte. We, we have to be of convenience to people. And so if people are like, I don't want to do that, then they just won't. And then there goes a bunch of my sales. But my sales aren't what's most important in this instance. People's health is what's most important. But being in a place like this, um, a big chunk of it is people who are coming to stay. They're coming to sit down and hang out. You know, it's not like they're going to come in and immediately leave. Some people do, but a lot of people are staying. So then you run into, you know, questions of like, do you keep the mask on in between every bite? I mean, you're sitting down eating a meal or between every sip or, you know what I mean? What are the rules there? It gets wishy-washy. And then... If you have one person who takes it off while they're eating their sandwich and the person next to them is grumpy about that, then you've got a hostile environment. Mm-hmm. And it just, it's very, it's very quick where otherwise, if they, if they, because they didn't mandate that, if people felt more comfortable with a mask, they could come in and wear a mask and also stay distance because we did distance the tables. Um, but you don't have to stay. You can come get your stuff and leave if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. So, um, it, it definitely opened up our doors a little bit that we did obviously require masks for our employees, but just not for customers. Yeah. Um, but it, it definitely would have, uh, it would have emptied our cafe really quick and it would have changed the environment really quickly because it is really touchy to have a good, it's very important to have a good atmosphere in a place mm-hmm. like this where people feel welcomed and cared about and taken care of regardless of their political view. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have emptied us out really quick because, not because people don't want to wear a mask, but because if you sit down with your cup of coffee, you know, what are you going to do? You, you can't yeah. drink your coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I think that about wraps it up. Okay. Uh, thank you for coming on for this first episode. Of course. I really appreciate all Yeah. Your Good luck in your endeavors. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Whew.